Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and just extremely grateful and humbled uh, to be able to record this podcast here today and to have you listening in. It just means the world to me. And I thank you so much for not only tuning in today, but those of you who've been listening to this podcast since we, we started it, and but also this season in particular. We are now in Season 5 of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network, and today we record Episode 4, The Price of Recognizing Jesus as Lord. Before we dive into this, I do want to say a word of thanks to the Scattered Abroad Network, and also encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and to check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, to on, on check our, our YouTube page, subscribe there, uh, but also to uh, reach out to us if you have any questions, thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. You can visit our website, scatteredabroadnetwork.org, and just extremely thankful and blessed to be on this network and to use this podcast as an avenue uh, to hopefully help others. And I hope and pray that this is helping you uh, as, as, as you go through and you battle different storms of life. Now, we've covered all kinds of topics on this podcast, but in this season, we're specify, uh, specifying on the life of Peter. And we're thinking about Peter as a disciple, as a fisherman, as a husband, as a gospel preacher, as an elder, and ultimately just as a faithful servant of God. And by walking through the life of Peter, as it's revealed in the pages of the New Testament, we're striving to make application with each episode into our lives to ask ourselves if we are doing what God would have us to do. We've discussed why we're doing this study, thinking about the life of Peter. In our second episode, leaving life behind to follow Jesus. And then in our our last episode, episode three, we discussed the concept of forsaking your net. And so now that we've kind of moved on from the introductory part of Peter's discipleship, if you will, when he was called to be a disciple, we now get into what Peter was able to recognize. You know, at the very beginning, he, he saw Jesus performing miracles. In fact, Jesus healed his mother-in-law. You may recall we talked about that there in Mark chapter 1. And you think about what Peter was able to witness. He was able to see the miracles. He was able to see the way that Jesus carried himself. He was able to listen to the teaching and the preaching. And he knew that there was something different about this man. There's something special about Jesus. But what he had not yet recognized was that Jesus is more than just a man. This is God in the flesh, John 1, 14. In this episode, we're going to think about Peter when he did recognize Jesus as Lord and the price that comes with that. And as we work through this, we're going to look at three main passages, two from the book of Matthew, one from the book of John. And then we'll finish this episode by thinking about how this applies to us, and if we're willing to recognize Jesus as Lord, and then are we willing to pay the price that comes with that? So I want to invite you to Matthew chapter 16 as we begin. Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13, says that Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But he said to them, but who do you say 
that I am. And so first there was speculation, but now there is revelation. Verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now when you hear that statement, Peter says this as we read it with great confidence and assurance, doesn't he? You are the Christ. He didn't say, well, you're one of the prophets. You know, you're one of these individuals. No, you are the, the one and only. You are the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. You are the Son, the one and only, only begotten Son of the one and only true living God. That is a powerful, packed statement there by Peter, isn't it? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now notice how Jesus responded. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter knew this. And he said, I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, this bedrock of truth, that what Peter just said, you are the Christ, the Son of God. On this bedrock of truth, I will build my church. Gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Then he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You think about the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. Peter took those keys to the kingdom in Acts chapter 2, and he preached the gospel. About 3,000 souls obeyed the gospel, and they were added by the Lord to the church, to the kingdom. Acts 2, 41 and 47. In Acts chapter 10, Peter took those same keys and opened up the doors of the kingdom to the Gentiles to Cornelius and his family, as they responded by obedience to the gospel. And so a very powerful statement made by Peter, but also a powerful opportunity and responsibility for Peter later to have these keys and to go and open up those doors to the kingdom. But it doesn't end there. Notice in verse 20, it says, Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. Now, we stop right there for a moment because we think about Peter. All right, consider, going back to our two previous episodes, what Peter has done to get to this point. He left his life behind to follow Jesus. He forsook his net. He he quite literally stopped doing what he was doing, stopped his profession, stopped his way of life, and changed everything to follow Jesus Christ. Now he has just said this for himself. He just confessed it in front of others, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then the same Jesus tells him and the others, I'm going to die. So how do you think Peter responds to this? Verse 22 says that Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. The language is very strong there. It's as if he took Jesus by the arm and carried him off to the side around someone else. Maybe you picture a parent with a child, and the child is acting up, and you just take the child out and remove him from from, uh, the people that are there to go and, and to discipline him or her. Well, that's kind of the word picture here with what Peter does. He, he takes Jesus away. And, and look, at, look at this humanity of Peter. He begins to rebuke him. Can you think of that for a second with me? 
The same Peter who told Jesus, depart from me, O Lord, I'm a sinful man, has the audacity to rebuke Jesus. And he just admitted that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of a living God. So Peter, as a man, is rebuking the Son of God. Now notice what he says. This is verse 22 of Matthew 16. He says, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. You know, before before we were too critical of Peter, Peter didn't want to hear that because he had forsaken all to follow Jesus. He had given up his life to have this new life of following Jesus, and now he hears that Jesus is going to die. He said, "Mm, no, not on my watch. This isn't happening. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You know, I can't imagine how Peter must have felt when he heard those words. But what is Jesus getting at? He says, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. You know, I find that ironic. Because when, Jesus, when, when Peter made the statement about Jesus, you are the Son of God, Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, my Father. But when Peter does this, he says, you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. It's almost a switch in mentality, isn't it? And so here what we find, if we were to piece this together, it would be the word conviction, but also on the same token, compulsion. Conviction and compulsion. That's Peter on the scene that just unfolded. He's convicted that Jesus is the Son of God, but he acts on a, a very impulsive basis to come to Jesus and to carry him off and to rebuke him. This is not going to happen. You are not going to go and do this. But Jesus says, you don't understand. This is what I have to do. This is what I'm going to do because I'm going to be pleasing to my Father, and you're not mindful of that. And it's almost as if when he says, get behind me, is you can't stop me. You can't prevent this from happening because what I'm going to do is going to change the world. I am the Lamb to come and take away the sin of the world. At this point in time, Peter recognizes Jesus as Lord, but he does not want to accept what Jesus is going to have to go through. But what he later is going to realize is that Jesus died for him. He died for us. Peter would later write that, 1 Peter 3.18. Jesus suffered for us. The just died for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. This is something that had to happen if we were going to have any hope. Peter didn't understand that at this point in time. But as we think about the price of recognizing Jesus as Lord, we've got to recognize that I, I have no right to rebuke him. I have no right to delay him in doing what he is going to do. Peter did that. And just prior to that, he recognized and, and had conviction. You are the Christ, the Son of a living God. We continue on. Our, our next text is actually just flowing straight from where we are now. It's going into Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, all the way down into chapter 17, where we read about the Mount of Transfiguration. Of course, Peter is going to be there. Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 16, 24, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? 
For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing there, standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The parallel passage is Mark chapter 9 and verse 1. The truth of the matter is there were those who heard the words of Jesus who would still be alive when the church, the kingdom, was established, Acts chapter 2. So let's, let's work into chapter 17. All right, we've noticed the word conviction, but also on the same side, compulsion. But here the word we want to think about when it comes to Peter is position. Position and submission. His position and his submission. Again, the price of recognizing Jesus as Lord. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make uh, three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Again, we see the compulsion, don't we? We see the impulsive Peter, uh, the impulsive behavior of this man who, you know, just very human nature, human reaction, a, a human response to what he is seeing. You know, he just stated a few moments ago, as we read it in Scripture, you know, just, just a few days, six days, before this, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And now he's able to see him transfigured. I mean, think of the conviction that Peter already had. This is going to solidify it, isn't it? He is recognizing Jesus as Lord. He knows it by what Jesus has said, what he has taught, but also by the miracles performed. But now he's transfigured before them. And here he is with Moses and Elijah. But notice verse 5. While he was still speaking, that he would be Peter there, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. You want to talk about the price of recognizing Jesus as Lord? The Father called down and said, You listen to him. Don't listen to men. Don't listen to emotion. Don't even listen to family if they're going to lead you away from what God has revealed. You hear Him. That comes at a price. Now notice in verse 6, when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. You know, it would be an interesting study to see how many times Jesus told others, do not be afraid. Of course, we know he's, he's going to say this uh, when they're on the boat in the storm, do not be afraid. He's going to tell Peter, do not be afraid when he comes out to him on the water. He told Peter that earlier when he was in the boat with him, do not be afraid. But here he says, I know this is a powerful moment for all of you, but do not be afraid. And I love verse 8. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And that's the point. Was Moses great? Yeah. Great lawgiver, great leader. Was Elijah great? Yes, in the sense that he was a great prophet, mighty prophet. But Jesus is greater, isn't he? Moses represents the law, 
Elijah represents the prophets. Jesus represents the greatest standard. Peter recognizes Jesus as Lord. He confesses that fact, but now he's able to see him in this transfigured state. And that teaches him about his position and his submission. When I recognize Jesus as Lord, I've got to understand I am mine no more. I've been bought with blood. And I am to be completely submissive to Jesus as my Lord. If I call him Lord, then I've got to be submissive. Those two thoughts, of course, go hand in hand. Finally, we want to go to John chapter 6. This is where we're going to conclude our thoughts here in this episode today. And again, I thank you so much for listening and hope that hope that this is helpful. I hope that this is all flowing together well for you and your mind and, and helping you personally as you go through a storm. In John chapter 6, Jesus preaches a phenomenal sermon about how he is the bread of life. And, and he, he emphasizes a lot of things that are hard for some people to hear. And the same thing happens today when some of Jesus' teaching is, is brought out to others. But beginning in verse 60 of John chapter 6, it says, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? In other words, who, who, can, who can recognize this and, and continue to follow him? This is, this is difficult. And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about it, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. There are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. Verse 66 is one of the saddest verses in all the Bible. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Went back to what? Well, if we go back to episodes two and three of this season, they went back to their their former way of life. They went back and took up their nets. Instead of forsaking them with no intention of taking them back, they went back. They went back to the life that was easy. They went back to the life that didn't require change. They didn't want to rock the boat. They wanted their comfort. It was too much for them to make these changes. Again, the price of recognizing Jesus as Lord. But in verse 67, Jesus is going to ask a very personal and a very pointed question. He said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? That's a very soul-searching, thought-provoking question. Everybody else is doing that. Majority of people, you know, they're going to go. What about you? Now, of all the disciples, who do you think is the one who spoke up? If you guess Simon Peter, then you are exactly right. Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know what I love about that is that Peter not only said this on another occasion, as we've studied Matthew 16, he says it here with great boldness. And I would say that this is one of the highlights 
in the life of Peter. This is one of his his high moments. This is a great moment for Peter. He he said this and and being a great example for those around him. You know, they just saw all these disciples leave and turn away. And maybe for a split second, they're thinking, you know, maybe I should leave too. I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I, I don't know if 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 I, I'm able to do this because recognizing Jesus as Lord comes at a high price. And, and I don't know if I'm willing to pay it. But Peter says, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe, And I love this. We believe and we have come to know that you are the Christ, the Son of God. Friends, recognizing that Jesus is Lord comes at a high price. But at this point in Peter's life, he recognizes it and he is willing to pay it. He's willing to do whatever God would have him to do. He had conviction and compulsion. He knew his position and the importance of submission. But then he was able to make the right decision. The right decision was to not only confess before others that this is where I'm going to go. This is who I'm going to follow because I know who he is. But also that decision to recognize Jesus as Lord and to understand the implication that comes with that. If I say that he's my Lord and I recognize his authority and I recognize that he's the one who has the power and all authority, then I'm going to submit to him. So thankful for the example of Peter and thankful that he recognized Jesus as Lord and was willing to submit to him. You know, you and I, as we, we go through storms, sometimes we maybe we try to do it on our own and not recognizing that the Lord, the one who calmed the sea, is the same one who can calm our storms today. But we need to be submissive. We need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct our paths. And if I can put it this way, He'll help us weather the storm. I hope and pray that this episode, walking through the life of Peter and some of the events that took place, will help us all to be better equipped and more confident to weather the storms of life with the help of Almighty God. Thank you so much for listening, and may God richly bless you. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.